Welcome to the Teacher Squad podcast episode eight. What have we got this week, Jade? Well, I found out there is a sign for all things glittery. Ooh, that sounds interesting. I'll learn about that later. I'm going to talk about grey hair, mm. blankets, a little bit of Strictly, and maybe there'll be somebody knocking at your door. You sound like you're getting old, Heather. I'm going to be talking about uh, raising children in the digital age and who is doing what. Mm. Interesting. And uh, we've got a great guest on this show. We've got Eileen Adamson. We're going to be talking cash. We're going to be talking money. Dirty and, cash. Uh, yeah. Dirty money. Yeah. <laughs> should, we, should we get straight to it? Yeah. Bit of money, bit of tech, bit of glitter. Oh, all the shiny stuff, it seems. Mm, maybe a few uh, sound effects thrown in. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> So, Heather, how's it going in your world? Well, um, I'm, I'm pleased to say that I've brought some extra special treats. You know, last week and I talked about my gratitude. Yeah, yeah. I've had a Ooh. sneaky trip to Marks and Spencers. So I'm really I'm quite good because I've got some Colin the Caterpillar fruit sours. I had to have a rummage in the boxes to find it. So never mind your sound effects, Ian. I've got an annoying kind of rustle. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they then, look good. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm good for the podcast because I've got snacks. I'm yeah, gonna be good. So um, you're gonna be off I, your tits on e numbers, baby. Got to calm gonna down. Gonna be like sugar, but if I pull any of those faces <laughs> where the the kind of sours get into me, it's not you, Jane. It's uh, it's just the sweets. So yeah, be yeah. careful. Mm -hmm. Let me have a go. Yeah. Ooh, lovely. Yeah, they are a bit zingy. <laughs> Do you know what though? I hate I hate the sound of people eating. Why have I done that? <laughs> yeah, you be careful. Don't choke. Oh, so um, I thought I'd kick off with um, what is it? Is it Colin? You're grateful for then, or you got something else that you've been? Oh grateful? no, they're they're just how my weeks going, Jane. That's just, <laughs> you said you said I things in in my world and in my little podcast bubble. <laughs> Oh, we, we're rustling, so I've got, no, I've got, I've got things to be grateful for. Did you want to go first or shall I? I don't know if you've got a Colin in your teeth. I mean, I'll go first if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm all right. I think I'm all right. Yeah, you go first then. Okay. Uh, so my big spankful of thankful or, you know, gratitude <laughs> attitude is actually school-based. Um, I've been teaching some year twos yeah oh, nice. bit, yeah and uh we were doing the uh absolutely wonderful lost and found by oliver jeffers and of course other irish authors are available but you know it happens <laughs> but to be not on the top 10 <laughs> <laughs> exactly um and we were working on that moment just after the tumultuous storm, you know, and the raging winds and the waves and the treacherous night that they had to endure. And, the, and you know, when the boy and the penguin make it to the South Pole. And it's, it was at that moment that the boy um, decided to give the penguin a present. And it's his umbrella. And... What we decided that we were going to do, well, you know, um, this is not, 
this is actually not negotiated. This is actually in my planning. Like what we're going to do, kids, <laughs> is we're going to do some learning, full stop. No, we would decide to do a freeze frame of this moment of the awkward goodbye. Um, and, um, and it made me think, you know, there are so many drama conventions and, and I... I love doing drama with kids um, and I'm going to put in the show notes actually, you know, just a reminder to everyone. I mean, Nate says, you know, we're, you know, the educational home of drama says so about 80 drama conventions. Um, but, you know, I've found 40 to share with you anyway. Uh, but we were doing freeze framing, but not just uh, exploring the exchange of the present. There's a really good drama convention that um, Paul Bunyan taught me, actually. He was my drama mentor when I worked for Northamptonshire Local Education Authority. Okay. And what he doesn't know about drama isn't worth knowing, but um, he taught me this convention. It's called Name That Space. So, okay. so the boy is facing the penguin, passing over the umbrella of the present, and like, what? is the space called and um they needed a bit of help with it you know I had to do some modeling and things but they got really into it um oh. and they were saying oh it, the space is breaking or the space is friendship or you know achy hearts that's oh. cute and we are hurting you know and it was oh. just like oh it was so interesting and um it kind of it just made me realise I'm I'm quite obsessed with um, you know space in in general you know like silence in 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 books or and you'll know this with you know we've both got a love of picture books you know where it's just like white space in a picture book or black yeah. space um, or how silence is dealt with in stories um, or spaces created. Uh, it just made me think then there's loads of things that where I think the space needs a name you know like the space in between raindrops you know like you know they I think they should have a name I don't know droplet dividers (laughs) non-moisture moments surface (laughs) separators I don't know but it's just it was so lovely uh you know when you just when you start to do drama with kids you just think this could turn into wedding skits and be like yeah we love it drama or it's just like when you get to that point where you you stop them giggling you you know giggling is definitely not allowed you just are absolute cowbag about that and then you just really protect it make it feel really safe safe and then you get to really deep places. I love that. Aww. So I'm grateful for drama and Paul Bunyan, who just taught me so much about how to work drama in a room that you do have to be a bit of a cowbag to get it to work. Yeah. Oh, inspiring people and people who nudge us in the right direction are, yeah. are worth their weight in gold, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. been good for you? 
Well, I, I said last week it was um, it was my birthday since since we um, since we last met. I've aged a year, um, oh, so no. the day before my birthday, I stood in front of the bathroom window and one big strong grey hair just pinged up in the middle oh, of my head no. as if to announce Hello. you are a year older. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was interesting. And, and Andrew, uh, Mr. Reedy Rocks, did say at one point, he said, uh, have you got a plan for your hair? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, said, I think what he meant was not, you need a haircut, love, get your roots sorted. It's kind of, are you going to grow old? Are you going to grow grey gracefully? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or are you going to... That's very trendy, color? isn't it, at the minute? Very trendy. You yeah, know, the, um... I, I, yeah, but I'm not that grey yet. It is just the odd, you know, pinging up in the yeah. middle. Um, but I don't know whether he was also hinting that I was getting old because one of the gifts that he bought me. <laughs> I oh. sound really ungrateful here, Jane. Oh, and I do, I do love it because it's a really nice one. But he bought me a blanket. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> old shawl lady rocks. <laughs> It's a really gorgeous Atlantic blanket, but it really just did tittle me that that he got me uh, a blanket. Another birthday, great. This is a series of birthday gratitude, really, Jane. Because yeah. um, I went to Lidl. You know, you you reach the heady heights of Tesco whooshes. Um, <laughs> I know I've been to Marks and Spencers for my uh, Colin the Caterpillar, but we only go there for extra. You know, yeah. curry paste. That's where we go. We go for curry paste. Um, but <laughs> when I went to Lidl. On the app, pinged up, free birthday. Guess what? what? Birthday donut. Oh, do they do that if you've registered your birthday? Well, yeah. So free, free birthday donut, chocolate and wow. hazelnut, and it was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. They do and, good bakery um, at Little, don't they? They do do they the do. the carb right. sections good. Yeah, yeah it, it gets you the, the smell, doesn't it? And then my final thing on the um, birthday gratitude was, you know, when you get some cards in the post, you don't get as many these days, do you? It's not no. really, you know. No, I didn't send you stuff. one, as you might have noted. <laughs> yeah, I noticed my podcast wife didn't send me one. <laughs> just, just a WhatsApp, you know. These modern times, that's how these relationships are, is it, Jay? I'll remember yeah. that when it's yours. Yeah. Um, what I did get was a card from, the people's postcode lottery <laughs> oh. and I thought how nice that they thought of me but I much would have prepared a knock on the door and a yeah. check oh, if they wow. could sort that for for next year that would be uh, much appreciated and think how much hair dye you could buy then I mean really it'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> what color Jane see I quite like purple but yeah I get I've been purple but I keep get I get in the swimming pool too much and uh, and it seems to just turn red yeah so, yeah gotta be careful yeah i do like a, I do like a zany color i do like yeah. that well, watch this space watch this yeah, space exciting <laughs> well your gratitude was really you know thoughtful jane so yeah have you been thinking about your sentence yeah i don't know about my sentence i've i've written it down and i've been thinking about it but i don't know i'm i was sort of Obviously felt very assertive when I wrote it. <laughs> now I feel very on the fence about it. I don't know. It's just because it's so tricky, I think. But okay. my um my sentence is uh it's about technology, you know. And I just think, 
you know, technology is moving faster than the real world and it doesn't seem to be in sync. And my sentence is this, raising children in a digital age needs more careful thought and nuanced interactions from us as teachers. I mean, it just gets me really, really worried. And, um, and I'm not, I'm not just moaning about Snapchat, but Snapchat, mm-hmm. like kids are mad into Snapchat, aren't they? And just the fact that it all disappears, you know, that <gasps> they can Dangerous. send a video or a, like your child could send a video or a photo out and there is no trace of it. And then it is just out there. And I found out from Snapchat, you can have a trace on it for 24 hours, but you have to choose to have it traced and, you know, and you have to choose to save it in the memory section. But if you don't choose to save it in the memory section, it's just out there. And then I don't know if there's enough conversation about kind of parent boundaries with children and phones and teach. And then I get on my, you see, I get on my whole horse because I actually think, like this you know we teachers are upstanding members of society we should take more of a stand we should be saying you know if you're sending kids to this school this is how much sleep they should have because if they've slept well they're going to learn better you know if kids are in year two their bedtime needs to be eight o'clock to fall asleep at eight thirty because you know Science says six to seven-year-olds need 10 and a half hours sleep. But key stage two kids need 10 hours sleep. Yeah. I mean, you try, and t- you try and get a year six kid to tell you their bedtime's 8.30. It isn't to get up for seven yeah. for school. But I just think, oh, you know, trying to teach kids. Kids who don't have enough sleep are really hyperactive and they haven't found their inner zen calm. And, you know... Learning's harder when you're tired. Yeah. And, but then I also think we should wade in and say in this school, we have a policy about how many hours kids should have screen time for. Um, And then I get nervous about that because then I think I sound like I'm in a political party that I don't approve of. And then I just go, (laughs) (laughs) start wading in about phones. Who is she? I'm not a shut up. But you know what I mean? It just, I'm not, it's really, I just I just sometimes think, especially with technology, you know, there are things out there, you know, like Google Family Link, where you can monitor your, you know, like it's better for age 12 and under their searches and things. But I don't know. It's 95% of teachers have witnessed an increase. I think I've said to you this before about anxiety in pupils. Yeah. And a lot of their anxiety is to do with like low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And then if you think about, you know, an, an uncertainty and, and, and want to feel that they belong and they're not sure how to navigate all of that. Then if you think about self-esteem and things like phones and filters, you know, and kids are cracking on with them filters at, you know, nine years old and younger. And then when they, when they take the filters away, they feel inadequate. And I just, I just think there's so, it's, it's just when I think society was going to do something very moral on a government level about phones, then COVID hit and then we just turned kids to screens 
and it's just like we've not I don't think properly re-engaged with it and um I'm, I'm not just reading this out because my mum's a Catholic because um, my mum knows I'm terribly lapsed. But I just do think this quote by Pope Francis just really kind of sort of strikes a chord, really. He said, children are a sign. They are a sign of hope, a sign of life, but also a diagnostic sign, a marker indicating the health of family, society and the entire world. And if we're saying at the moment kids are a sign and they are really anxious and yeah. phones aren't helping. And then we also, going back to what you were talking about last week, you know, one in three children in the UK are suffering from uh, poverty. And we know poverty is destroying their future life chances. I mean, oh, Heather, I could go on and on. I mean, it's the thing is, technology is sort of manifesting this sort of grasshopper brain in kids and they you know like it's eating yeah. at their concentration and um I don't know I think we should as teachers say this is how much time I mean it's a digital dilemma isn't it but this is how much time we approve of because we can see that technology is exacerbating attention span uh you know it's stopping them developing their own personal sort of pools of background knowledge. You know, we're still yet to find out about the impact on, on, on their own memory. But I think it's a bit of a hinge moment. And I really do think we should be taking a stronger stance, I suppose. It's a tricksy one, isn't it? It's a yeah. how to find the balance. Because yeah. I think... I, I, I worry about the relationship between schools and parents. Yeah. I think sometimes we can come across as we know everything. Yeah. Um, as schools. Yeah. Um, and you as parents need to learn. And actually, you know. Yeah. Like the moral high it, ground. Yeah. It's a, it's a two-way relationship. As parents, you mm. are the specialist on your child. And, yeah. and you know what's best. And as schools, we should be... Uh, reaping that and, and and you know buying into that and finding out about them so it should if we can get that relationship that we are helping each other yes informing each other asking each other then I think we're going to be in a better position to navigate this together because I don't think we have the answers do we like you said no. there's not an, enough research and no. and there's some great things for digital world and maybe sometimes it's about navigating yeah directing how how they use that screen time yeah one of the cbb's adverts says that now doesn't it about you know you'll get square eyes and it points out all of the things that you can actually get and there's some absolute rubbish on youtube yes. isn't there yes there's some terrible stuff on there or, or that they can just get lost in yeah but also there's some some decent stuff yeah and I think that's the other thing you know like apps that get tagged as educational and you just think this is utter tosh but I do, you know I I think when you have real honest conversations with parents parents are struggling with managing screen times and I think you know yeah. when I talk to parents they say we'd like the school to say uh, have a position because then that would help us almost do kind of partnership parenting and we can say look school said only 
an hour on a weekday you know after school so you know it can become you can you can have screen time for an hour you know monday to thursday but let's you know uh and then that kind of we're helping each other sort of um limit it i don't know got to be that that parent uh that partnership thing yeah. yeah i don't know i need to ponder that one a bit more i think this yeah. might be something that we maybe slightly differ on yeah. and i wonder whether that's to do with the age of, of your children yeah. and where technology was when yeah. they were the age of where my daughter's yeah. up to now yeah um yeah, yeah. I, I mean i would i would you know i think it is definitely something we need to explore further you know we need more research on it i think is what what we need and once we've when we've got more to to call upon to stand upon that will make it easier Um, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i think the thing is i mean they've got the they've got brain studies haven't they of children in the 80s before they had mobile phones at the age of seven and they're able to show there's more a kind of deep connections more parts of the brain lit up and now the brain scans of kids of the same age um that yeah they're able to show that phones are having a negative impact um on um you know their attention span you know and i think that that's that sort of deep thinking is is the um you know thing we're worried about but it's not just that is it i mean i think the main thing we're worried about is anxiety levels you know and yeah. i do think the comparison component of technology is is really hurting um girls and boys you know anyway yeah, i think no, it's a I ramble it, i don't really know the a, answer yeah. i mean i don't it's not i don't think there is going to be a silver bullet answer but i do think we need a a, a, a very clever uh, coordinated conversation about it moving forward you know yeah it's wrapped up in um our busy lives as well it's ta- yeah. with time short yeah. and as we're going to talk about with our guests later work you know money's a, a massive issue for yeah. not just teachers but families yeah. and quite often a screen is an easy short-term fix yeah and actually we need to be looking a, a little bit longer don't we yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. um are you clearer in your thinking heather than me with your sentence i am yeah i feel, Good, thank you know, God. <laughs> I feel like uh i i, I want to, where we said about the people's postcode lottery I've, i missed my opportunity to sing somebody's <laughs> knocking at your door <laughs> Because I I, I want to sing in my sentence as well, and you maybe get to get the gist of of where this is coming from. So I want to go, ba ba da ba 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 da ba ba. Where what am I thinking, Jay? Come on. <laughs> you tell Sound me. Sound King. <laughs> well, I, this is my sentence. This is my sentence. I'm thinking whether it's slinky hips. Or soggy bottoms. Mm. We all love the journey. Oh. It's the season, isn't it? We've got Great British Bake Off on. I don't know if you're a fan of that. And we've got Strictly. Yes. And I was thinking, you know, we watch it, don't we? And we all love the journey. You have to say it with a funny voice, don't you? But we like to see the ups and the downs 
oh, they, they do well with that dance genre or they're a bit yes. rubbish with that one, yeah. um, you know, and they make mistakes, they get critique and they learn from it, but it's not linear and we love to see how much, oh, how much you've come on, how much you've grown, Um you know, the backstory, all, the backstory. We love a backstory we, as well. We love a bit of that on reality TV, <laughs> don't we? Um, those are the reality TVs of my choice. I'm not into Big Brother or anything like that. That's like 20 years ago, me. <laughs> but I was thinking about relating it to the journey of the reading habit. So not, not the journey of learning the skill, we know that children's learning journey isn't linear and you know when they're learning phonics when they're being fluent you know it it has its ups and downs i'm talking about the will and the habit i think sometimes we forget with that that that's also a journey and it goes up and down and we can maybe be a little bit harsh on ourselves as parents as teachers that kind of, oh, they were reading loads last week and this week they're not. Or, you know, last term they were well into that book and they were asking and then this time that they're maybe not. I think we just need to kind of recognise that the journey is there and the, the, the will is the habit, it's the volition, it's the choice. When we think about ourselves as adults, um, you know, whether you're a runner, whether it's music, it, it it ebbs and it flows and it changes, doesn't it? And I think we need to give children the space to do that and just check in with them. And we talked about technology. Us as teachers, we can be looking on social media. Maybe we're looking at other parents posting pictures of their children reading. I'm so guilty of that when my daughter's being like the most amazing Reading Rocks advocate. I am there. It's on Instagram. But the reality is she hasn't always had a nose in a book. She is at the moment, but sometimes that ebbs and it changes. And the same with classes. You know, there'll be teachers that are taking that blanket of books and they're going, oh, look at what all my children are choosing. Oh, you know, we've finished this book in this time and we can compare ourselves a little bit too more too much um and we need to recognize that you know people put the best bits out don't they the highlights Mm. um but with the highlights there's always the low lights aren't there so Mm. maybe it's just to kind of say to teachers you know think strictly about their journey you know we've got to be the judges jane which are you strictly fan well do you know what? No. <laughs> I love dancing and I should love it. I just, it never seems to get, yeah, I've got, I get voted out is the truth when it, when it comes to telly. See, I think I can, you'd be a good dancer, Jane, or maybe maybe you're, uh, you're Tess and I'm Claude, I don't know. Neither yeah. of us have got the fringe or the orange glow. But, uh, yeah, we, we need to remember ourselves as teachers to kind of nudge and direct and when it needs to be the the harsh word, say, mm, you, haven't, you haven't done that for a little while. Can we, you know, help you out a bit? Um, and then lavish praise when when it's due. Um, yeah. Or maybe, are you, are you a Bake Off fan? Are you a Bake Off fan? No. I'm just, do you know what? I realise I don't oh, actually watch a lot of telly. <laughs> 
You're always no. driving. That's what oh, it is. No, that is problem. No. T- yeah, that is my undulating life, ebbing and flowing up and down the blinking country. Yeah. <laughs> or watching rugby, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Watching uh, my youngest play rugby around the country oh, as well. Are there other legs? I was going to mention Angela Rippon's amazing legs. Tell uh, me you've seen. Oh, she's she's always been great at the old high kicks, hasn't she? She's got a great pair of calves on her, isn't she? What a woman! Seventy nine, and she's oh. dancing like that. That is an inspiration. She's yeah, she's incredible. But yeah, so next time you're watching uh, any reality TV. Think about the journey yes. and make sure we're giving kids room to breathe within that. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. No, it does. And I think that undulating part of life, um, you know, that's where schools can be really cruel, can't they? Because it, we've just got like tests at end of year points, haven't we, that aren't always helpful at capturing like whole child sort of information about them yeah it's tough isn't yeah. it it's those yeah. pupil progress meetings where they go well last time we met you said this child was reading this much and they've gone yeah. backwards yeah. yeah yeah life's a little bit more nuanced yeah. than that isn't it yeah but, absolutely absolutely there we go but um we've got a great guest on Today, oh, great. Jane. Yes, good. If I can feel another song coming on, maybe. Oh, no, oh, I'm forget in as well. the money. I'm in the money. See, I was going to go ABBA, but you're not ABBA, are you? No. Money, no. Money, money, money. That is a good All one, though. All the things I could do. do oh, come on. Bit of Neville Street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Come on, Neville Street. Yeah, Neville Street. Shall we get her in? Yeah, brilliant. Okay, Jane, let me introduce today's guest. We have with us Eileen Adamson. She is a teacher, a money coach, and the co-host of BBC podcast Clever About Cash. She helps teachers to become happier, healthier, and wealthier. How exciting. Welcome Mm. to the Teacher Squad podcast, Eileen. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here with you both. I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting to you. We've got some warm-up questions for you, if that's okay. Um, Some fun questions, Jane, about money, money, money. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, it's been a bad day at work, Eileen, and you're on your way home and your day hasn't gone how you planned. Do you pop into a supermarket and spend £3.75 on a Ben and Jerry's tub of ice cream or £8.50 on some Prosecco? What are you going to go for? Oh, well, I'm actually a non-drinker now. So um, I'm going to go, I'm going to not buy either of what you mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go for some 0% Guinness and a great big bag of kettle crisps. Oh, Oh, what flavour? What flavour? Just just plain. Anything else, no way. Just plain kettle crisps. And I'm going to eat the whole bag just like one after another by myself. Yes, uh, I don't know about plain though. What flavour, no. Jane? Salt and vinegar. Yes, that is the flavour. <laughs> that is up my face. Just for everyone who's listening, I just pulled the right face then. She is not bad of salt and vinegar. No, <laughs> well, just plain. I've been thinking this week about the People's Podcast Lottery 
Eileen, and um, I was thinking, as a as a money, money, money person, if they came knock, knock, knocking at your door, and they've got that big check, it could be a thousand pounds, a hundred thousand pounds. You could decide what are you going to spend that check on to make all your money, your teacher dreams come true. Oh, well, that's that's a really, really easy one because just this week I've bought a great big Volkswagen Crafter van and it's literally oh. just a van. It's going to be turned into a camper van. So, um, yeah, I need lots of cash for that. So probably about 50 grand would do me nicely and I'd get yeah. a very nice camper van out of that. So, yeah, that's what I'd spend it on. Are you getting excited about decorating it, Eileen? Um. Yeah, but I, I'm more stressed about it just now because I've realised that although it's been my dream for ages to convert a camper van, I actually know nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> Head to YouTube. All the answers are there. Yeah, I've got so much to learn. So, um, yeah, and then once I'm, once we get to the decoration stage, that, that stuff just stresses me out. I'm a practical gal. Give me a kind of screwdriver and I'll be quite happy, but ask me to choose a colour palette. Oh, my goodness, no, that's mm. stressful. Well, apparently it's all of the uh, kind of nude colours at the moment that are on trend, you know, your biscuits, etc. I, I don't know, as a, as a gal who knows. Can you, can you get um, the paint called plain kettle chips? <laughs> maybe, maybe. A Guinness brown on easy. the wall. Yeah, Guinness plush cushions <laughs> with a white trim. <laughs> perfect we've we've got you sorted uh, apart from the actual 50 grand sorry we can't do anything about oh that, forget but, it but maybe um, you can help some teachers listening with their money should we should we ask some proper questions jay yeah i mean really money is tight it's tight for everyone you know what are the biggest financial challenges facing teachers with money you know on a daily basis would you say eileen what I'm hearing just now, two big things from teachers just now, is they're struggling to make ends meet um, and they're finding that really difficult just now. Mortgages have gone up, um, prices and everything have gone up. There are people really, really worried. And I mean, teachers, yes, in Scotland, we've had a pay rise already, which is good. In England, there's a bit of a pay rise coming, but um, well, maybe. <laughs> but a bit it's people who are on middle incomes and they are really, really struggling. And we have to think of people who are struggling as being people who are on lower incomes, but it, it's not. It's people who have got mortgages, who have maybe got a couple of cars in the driveway, and these people are seriously beginning to worry about money here. So it, it's just paying the day-to-day -day bills for a lot of people. Um, there's also a lot of teachers who are in debt and who are struggling to manage that debt from where it became a, it, it was um, manageable because they had plenty of disposable income to pay for that now. But because the costs of everything else have gone up, it means that it's then really difficult to service that debt. Um, so those are kind of two main worries about pe about the teachers have got just now. Um, it's I, it's it's a it's not a good place to be. Yeah. No. Is there anything that's particular about teachers is do you find that like because they're short of time that they kind of haven't got the maybe the brain space as well to kind of find the best deals or 
I don't know. Or do you think that people think, well, well, I'm I'm educated, I'm on a middle income, I shouldn't need help, and there's a a shame, a fear factor? Oh, so many things, so many things. First of all, what kind of happens is that teachers are stressed, so therefore they find it very difficult to find the time to um, manage their money. Like you said, they feel ashamed that, they're unable to do it. Teachers were working as resourceful people. We're used to being able to do everything. We don't need <laughs> yeah. any help. I can do it all by myself. Do you know that kind of way? Yes. Um, they're then reluctant to ask for help with money because they feel that they should be able to do it. They feel that they're in a relatively good income and that they should be able to manage. Um, it's also not something that's talked about and it's not talked about often enough. Um, I agree with so that. There is, Aye, there's a, there's a total shame around asking for help with it. But another issue for teachers is that because they are struggling, because they're stressed, because they've got money issues, they then actually end up overspending um, because A, they're not checking out deals, but there's a lot of emotional spending going on. Teachers are, per second. Yeah. yeah. I've got it. <laughs> that's, that's me. <laughs> And, and often spending on children yeah. um, uh-huh. as well because we don't get to spend enough time with our children. So therefore, we try and make up for that by overspending on them and, and trying to throw money at the problem. Whereas when what, what we often need to do is throw time at the problem, but we don't oh. have time, so we throw money at it instead. You're talking that, about mother guilt there, Eileen. Ah, You're hitting a bit of a nerve there, yeah. you know, like working all hours God sends, you know. Yep. And um, actually what they want is your time, isn't it? Time yeah. being the most precious commodity of all. It was really interesting. It was years ago, actually, the Times Educational Supplement asked teachers what they wanted more of and top of the charts actually was time but they asked children what they also wanted more of and this always broke my heart when I read this but kids want more time and in second place they want more cuddles it's too much that isn't it yeah oh my goodness yeah wow Yep. Yeah. But not just our own kids. I mean, the CLPE did a study, didn't they, last year about um, 38% of teachers only get new books in their reading area or in their own classrooms if they buy them themselves. So I think that's a bit of a, a, an issue as well. You know, oh, it absolutely it, is. Yeah, teachers, education's underfunded and we all know education's underfunded and teachers are such caring individuals that rather than see their, their children go without, they mm. end up spending their own money on mm. resource in schools and we should not be doing that. But no. it's it's that kind of situation where, well, do I just do my lessons as we are and do I see my class miss out or do I spend my own money and and make sure that we've got that beautifully resourced classroom yeah. with our own money? Yeah. Yep. And I think an added pressure then comes from you only need to look on Pinterest, on Instagram, on Twitter, these yes. classrooms that are amazing. And that was exactly what was in my head. Instagram yeah. ready classrooms that just look like every board's perfectly and they've got all of the, and the, the the things from Ikea or what have you. And there's no problem, is there, with having those, but it's when it becomes the the pressure. Well, that, about, 
toxic pressure on the purse but yeah yeah pressure on the purse but kind of it's toxic help then isn't it look at me i'm showing you what you could do but actually it it can have you know an alternative outcome can't it and eileen's going into that with her camper van world do you know what i mean you look yeah. on Pinterest at camper vans, Eileen. You've got a lot to your, compete with. Your gingham curtains are better than mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's well, a good job. I just won 50 grand at the beginning of the well, programme, girls. I'm just waiting for the check in the post. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to give you the terms and conditions very quickly now. <laughs> Read the small print. <laughs> well, we talked about those teachers that are feeling the pressure and, yeah, maybe maybe they feel ready to ask for help what are some of the first steps that educators can do to improve their financial situation especially in these really difficult times so first of all you've got to find a tribe do you know you've got to admit that there's a problem and you've got to start looking for it. So there are brilliant accounts on social media now. There's so much out there that you can find help. Um, and there's some groups on Facebook and there's some people on Instagram doing wonderful stuff. So find find people to follow that interest you and that write about things that apply to you. Um, I've got, for example, I've got a free group on Facebook, Your Money Sorted for Teachers, and it's just about helping teachers to um, think about things differently, really. Um, I don't do so much of the kind of money-saving things. Mine's much more money mindset and um, helping people to make make the most of the money that they've got but yeah, yeah. get out there and and find find a tribe and um find the support out online so that's the first thing i would always suggest people do the second thing is huge it's a big <laughs> go on so often people don't know where the issue lies and that's yeah. often what the problem is. Um, we we know that we don't have enough money at the end of the month or that we're struggling through the month and that everything feels tight and we feel really constricted around money, but we don't know where the issue lies. So what I suggest people do is print off a bank statement. Don't do it in an app. Don't do it online. Print it off so you can feel it because we are so far removed from our transactions now. Um, yes. We don't give me palpitations. <laughs> I mean, to Sorry. This is your homework, Jane. Oh, God, I'm not. I know what it. your problem is. It's all them whooshes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Eileen, have you heard of these? They're very expensive ways, very quick ways to get a Tesco order in your house. I'm paying like £9.17 more than I should for a bloody loaf of bread or something. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Adam, you carry on. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just sitting giggling away here. Jane's face is a picture as well. <laughs> so, Jane, wait to hear this. This is my suggestion for you. So you're going to print that, but you're then going to get some wee coloured pens. Is that any better? Yeah, maybe. Oh, it's all right with the stationery. The colours. You might need to buy some new stationery for this. Good, Would that work? Good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that. okay, good. So we're going to get that printed off bank statement, credit card statements, buy now, pay later statements, them all. We're going to print them off. Then what we're going to do is we're going to categorise all our transactions into three areas. Firstly, needs. So choose one wee coloured pen, do your needs. Second one is wants. 
Yeah. And some of them you might have to kind of sit and think about. Some will be dead easy, whiz through them. And the third category is savings for the future or debt repayments. Okay. So <sighs> that's your third category. What you then do... <laughs> I can tell Sexy. you're excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I am. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, cannot wait. <laughs> it's okay. You'll, you'll like step three. Step three is really good. Okay. So then what you've got to do is you've then got to add up each of these categories and then compare them to what your income is. So... If you are living a kind of financially secure life, then the these three things should be no more than the following. So you shouldn't be spending any more than 50% on your needs, 30% on your wants, and the remaining 20% ideally should be going towards savings for the future. But often it's going to debt repayments. But what you can then do is if you then have that information down, what you can then see is like if, let's say, for example, that your needs are costing you 60% of your income, then you're going, oh, right, that's too much, clearly. But what can I then do? Can I reduce the electricity? Can I reduce whatever? But often in there, we're then looking at big, big questions. Am I living in a house that's too expensive? Um, have we got a couple of cars that are costing us too much money each month. It's big questions. They're not questions that are easy to answer. They're not things that are easy to deal with. But if your needs are costing you more than 50%, then that's where your issue lies. Um, if, for example, there's a lot of people who are finding that debt repayments are up at like 30%, 35%. So that's when we're then going, right, okay, that's my biggest issue. And you then need to start looking at getting help with that date to get rid of that date. Um, so yeah, 50, 30, 20 makeover. And it just helps you to focus and helps you to focus on what the biggest issue is. So Jane, sounds horrendous, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I think you you all have to take stock. I mean, years ago, um, I don't know how qualified this person was, but they said, you know, in terms of things like needs, uh, once you calculated what you needed to survive, um, kind of over and beyond the things that were going out on direct debit, that they should almost like you need, the rest of the needs and the wants be taken out as cash in an envelope because yeah. it's actually quite... Um, you know, sobering and sharpening when you have to kind of remove it, the money from the envelope and see it drift away and see how much you've got uh, left. And you kind of choose a bit more wisely, um, you know. But I think there are lots of things where, you know, you are going to be better at managing money. If you, it's it's quite clear, Eileen, we all find it quite stressful and we're kind of avoiding yeah. it quite severely, aren't we? Yep, yep. And it just seems boring, doesn't it? It seems like really dull and like it's it's just not on your radar. You're like, if you've got a spare hour, it's not something you want to spend time doing. You're just like, I'll just leave it again. Yeah. I'll leave it till next month. I'll worry about it then. And that's, that's what often happens. And it, it's totally understandable. But it's a case of getting down and doing that. The third thing that I suggest, it's really good. It's really good. I really like it. 
So once you've done your 50, 30, 20 and worked out where you're going with that, it's then about working out where you're going to go going forward. Um, And in order to do that, you've again got to look at your previous spending with a completely different lens. So what I suggest is that people work out what their top values are in life. So get a big list of values online, sit and look at that, whittle it down until you get maybe three, four, five values and what is most important to you and your family. Then go through your previous month's spending again with four or five coloured pens and mark down when I bought that, which value did it, is it in line with? What you often find is you often find that a lot of your spending does not is not in line with your values. And that is totally transformational for people because you go, why was I wasting money buying that when it means nothing to me? It means nothing to my family. It's not adding to my happiness. It's not an investment in my family or an investment in my future or an investment in my current happiness. So that for me, the values makeover is just transformational and of all the people that I work with that's one of the things that we do together that they're going oh my goodness Eileen this is amazing yeah yeah I can see that that. and I think Heather would just buy loads of um buckets and spades because she loves the beach and that's quite cheap I mean you'll sort your values out for (laughs) £2.50 I don't I don't need a bucket and spades, just you know, just the fresh air and the sea. I'm a cheap date, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right. The one thing I am getting a little bit I'm anxious about. I can see it glinting on the horizon. I mean it's still a way off, but you know, there comes a point where you do have to grow up and start thinking about retirement and things. You know, what steps should a teacher take? Um, to ensure they can afford what they want to do when they retire or, you know, do some exciting stuff. I mean, it's 87 currently, isn't it, the age we die? You know <laughs> I what I mean? Gonna say that, I, I thought you were going to say the age we retire. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's round about that. Yeah, yeah probably. I mean, you get no, two years for... to go round in your camper van. <laughs> <laughs> For the youngest teachers now, their retirement age is the same as state pension age. So for the youngest teachers, their retirement, they will get their teacher's pension at 68. Yeah. Which is like, uh aha. So we need to start thinking about preparing for our retirement as early as we possibly can in life. So the best thing a teacher can do is start paying into the teacher's pension. Yeah. Um, And and just pay into that and because it still is it, there's been changes in it but it's still a good pension scheme and um yeah so that's the very first thing to do but it's also about thinking about what else you can do to, to prepare for retirement because if you don't want to wait until 67 or 68 to get your teacher's pension then you need to start thinking about it now oh, some of the older teachers like myself um I can still access my pension at 55 yeah. but in April well, 26, I think it is, um, it, that that goes up to 57. So the earliest a teacher will be able to access their pension will be 57. And it then rises in line with state pension age. So it's always 10 years below it. So mm-hmm. if state pension goes up to 69, then the earliest a teacher will be able to access their pension will be 59. So it's just rising all the time. So we need yeah, yeah. to start thinking about 
um, how we can otherwise prepare. And for me, I mean, I speak to a lot of teachers kind of in their 40s and 50s. And at that stage, we need to be thinking about how much do I need in retirement? So there's loads of websites, there's loads of information out there. Get out there, work out roughly how much you might need in retirement. Take a look at your teacher's pension, see what it says. Um, I, yeah, that's that's why I started this journey. I looked at my teacher's pension after I'd been teaching for about, I think it was about 22 years I'd been teaching. But I've been teaching part-time for a, a bit of that. But I looked at my pension, it was six and a half thousand. And I was like, oh. Right. Oh, that's kind of rubbish. I'm not going to I'm not going to manage to leave teaching early and travel the world on that. So I spent a few years going, oh, you've just messed up your life. You've just made such a mess of this. This is ridiculous. You've not got you're you're going to have to teach until you're 67 and blah, blah, blah. But eventually I was like, no, just let's let's work out what we can do. So you can do things like invest in property, you can invest in stocks and shares, you can perhaps set up a business so that you could then have a little business on the side that you could do when you leave teaching. You could get a job in Morrison's, Tesco's, whatever, any supermarket you wish, any, any job you wish. Yeah. Um, so you could still leave teaching as soon as you can get your pension and although your pension might not be great, you can supplement that for a few years with a less stressful job. Mm. Um, but it's just about starting to consider, starting to consider these things. Mm. And as you're going throughout your life, start thinking about becoming financially secure throughout your life. So reducing your debt, reducing your mortgage, building an emergency fund so that you've got some form of financial security. But without living a miserable life in the meantime make oh, sure God. those values you've got a lot of rules you know? oh i know i know <laughs> god <laughs> sort your life out stop being so grumpy trauma best <laughs> god jane i feel like you're taking this all a little bit too fast like it's touching okay. on too many i'm nerves. not <laughs> She keeps shouting at me, Heather. <laughs> you leave my podcast wife alone. She wants to buy the most expensive Prosecco she can. Quite right, quite right. But that's in line with her values, and that's exactly what you should be doing. Yeah. What are your values, yeah. Jane? I which, don't know. which value does Prosecco come under? I want to be a drunk twat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well, Eileen, you've you've I've, I've liked to say you've been a breath of fresh air, but you've you've but been something. You've been assertive, and <laughs> I'm listening. And I, truly, though, I do. I don't. I'm not looking forward to it. But printing off the sheet and sorting it out into my wants and needs is something that not only me, but I do think we all have to kind of face the hard truth because times are a changing, and getting more organised with money is definitely going to make us all feel a bit better. Yeah, I, I really like the the values, but I think that that makes you feel like it's a balance. It's not all about just cutting corners and being miserable. You know, I, I really like that values bit, and I think lots of people will uh, really latch onto that. Yes, yeah, just want. What I talk about is creating a value spending plan. So once you've done your kind of working out what you've spent your money on, going forward, what are the things that are most important to me 
and what do I want to spend the majority of my money on? And for me, it's like holidays and spending time with friends and bikes and stuff. Cars and stuff don't matter to me. So therefore, I choose not to spend money on that, but I do spend money. And it's about whatever matters to everybody. So Jane, you get that Prosecco bought. Thank you. <laughs> well, we, we are big on teacher well-being here. So I think that really, it fits in on our Teacher Squad podcast value. Uh, in yes. in having you on, if if we've got some teachers listening who uh, are really uh, touched by this and, and feel like they would, might like some further advice from you, Eileen, where can they find you? So they can find me over at yourmoneysorted.co.uk. I've got loads of free resources over there. Um, I've got my Facebook group, Your Money Sorted for Teachers, and I've also got Your Money Sorted Teachers podcast as well, which you can listen into over there. And there's loads of interviews with different teachers and loads of info on there. Great. Oh, Eileen, you've been wonderful. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. My Thank you, pleasure. Eileen. It's been lovely chatting to you, girls. Go and have your kettle chips. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that was good, wasn't it, Jane? I really enjoyed um, seeing you squirm when she talked about (laughs) highlighting your your bank balance. Yeah, damn it. Yeah, don't know if I'll be Make sure she does it, Ian. That's her homework. (laughs) Get her a pack of highlighters. I think that's going to be quite tricky. Oh, dear. (laughs) Right, wonderful words, our favourite bit. Um, and I've been, actually the listener won't know this, but uh, we had quite a high-powered meeting, didn't we, Heather, about um, when we started this podcast, um, you know, what were going to be our guiding principles? You know, so we had our own values, a bit like Eileen has suggested, and we said we wanted to be... Um, fiercely feminist uh we wanted to amplify the fabulous work of teachers and we wanted to be uh thought provoking thought with a with an f there just to you know thought provoking (laughs) um and i think this poem that i want to share fits neatly within this three strand sort of value set uh and it's a poem actually written by Um, a teacher, a a female teacher friend of mine who I hugely admire and she works with me and regularly writes, um, writes stuff units uh, for our library. And her name is Sarah Rag and she's based in Lancashire and she is a real grafter. Uh, She really gets the teaching and learning exchange. She's really intelligent and she's a kick-ass feminist mum. Now, when her daughter, Ellie May, was 21, uh, she wrote a poem for her. And and we all know uh, the inspirational poem, If by Rudyard Kipling, that provides advice on how one should live their life. Uh, But the final line, which is this, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son, my son. Uh, Well, what um, Sarah's done uh, is wrote uh, and has written a poem for her daughter uh, with kind of um, a female modern take. And uh, because we all want not just our boys to make a mark, but we want our girls too. So I wanted to share that uh poem with you um it's 
utterly brilliant. And uh, we list it as well in our reading unit plans uh, that you can download in our library. So it goes like this. If by Sarah Rag. If you can pause and think while those around you plough on with venom. And if you can breathe and maintain your rectitude while those before you try to raise your world. If you can listen without forming resentment or explain without defending, don't speak in anger or express without inflicting blame, don't shrink from responsibility and yet decline a gift of aggression and negativity. If you can compete but not make beating others your aim, if you can hope but not give all your effort to hoping, and if you can revel in the sun's warmth, yet not let it burn you and accept when the shadows prevail. If you can befriend the emotions of others, yet know your own above the rest. If you can reflect and learn from where you have faltered and show compassion and talk to wall and yourself like a caring friend. And if you can love with the energy of your favourite song, yet let go with the softness of a whisper in a dream. And if you can walk in solitude without fear of being alone, and if you can aspire to succeed, yet accept mediocrity like a welcome breeze and be grateful for everything you have, and if you can shout eloquently for those which can't be heard and silence complaints and criticism without a word, and if you can preserve the memory without clinging to the past and welcome tomorrow while living each moment as a gift, if you can lavish in contentment and not succumb to cravings and desires, and if you can make your living and realise your dreams without harm or suffering to others, and if you can speak the truth and remain humble through disappointment and look without comparing, and if you can treat all others in the world with kindness, then the world will be your chariot. And what's more, you'll be a woman, my girl. I love that. Yeah. She's so talented, Sarah. It's such a great take on it. Uh, I mean, in fact, it's, you know, it should have happened years ago. Uh, we're going to share that in the show notes as well, uh, as well as like the drama conventions I mentioned earlier um, and other things I'm sure you'll put in there as well, Heather. Yeah, oh, I, I love that. Really, yeah, touching as the uh, mother of a, a daughter as well. Um, really special and beautifully read, Jane. Thank you. Yeah. So your wonder of words, Heather. Well, yeah, I'm, um, well, a few things. Uh, Luna is not in the room recording tonight because she had far too much to say for my liking. There was a few too many woofs and barks. Uh, she clearly thought she was um, the star of the show. Um, so I thought I'd balance it out with some cats this week. Um, and I thought, you're a bit of a cool cat, Jane. But I'm a bit disappointed that you're not a Strictly fan because, you know, I thought yeah. you were going to be a bit of a dancer. Or, a, sorry, a dancer. I am a dancer, just because I don't watch Strictly. I'm literally, I'm, sh <laughs> I'm shaking my booty. Do not worry. 
Your freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd share with you this lovely uh, picture book. Um, it's written by Sarah Tagholm, and I, and it's illustrated by the same illustrator as what I shared last week. So we've got a double double weeker for Billy yeah. Taylor, um, yeah. and it's it's called. Can you see it there? Yeah, King of Sam, the Disco. Yeah, San Francisco, King of the Disco. Um, so yeah, and he's got some cool headphones on there, like like you, Jane. You yeah, look like them. you're the queen of the disco. Um, so I thought I'd share a little bit, yeah. a little bit with you. I'm not going to try and hold it up so everyone can see the pages because I just get all my lefts and rights. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm going to focus on the words, Jane. Do it, do it. Midnight struck, the whole town slept out of the window. Something crept, covered in glitter from head to toe, singing softly, meow, meow. <laughs> it was Sam Francisco off to the disco with Queen Bee Jean looking fierce and green. <laughs> Blaze McFades, sharp in shades. Frederick Fish Pie, rocking his bow tie. Cosmo Wildpard in a pink leotard. And Billy Bob Bananas, <laughs> still in his pyjamas. The beats were loud, the lights were bright. The cats drank milk and danced all night. They twirled and jumped. They bobbed, they sang, break dance, can can, hip hop, head bang, but Buzzkill Bill at mm. number two was woken by the hullabaloo. He told his dogs, go earn this bone, Snoop and Scar, chase them home. So Sam played some soul, so deep and sweet. The dogs couldn't help but move their feet. But Buzzkill Bill didn't dig the beat. It's two o'clock. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> Phoned up Ron from the pest be gone. Cats, no problem. Bring it on. So Sam spun a tune, a tight funk groove. Ron just had to burst a move. But... Bill went red and shook his fist. I know who'll put an end to this. Wow. They have to the rest to find out. Oh, I love it. Do you know what? Um, it reminds me of uh, the kitchen disco. Do you know the... Uh, <gasps> yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what yeah. a great book. Love that. Uh, really love good one. kitchen disco. I think we got that. You know when you, like, maybe start reception and you get your little book trust yeah. pack? Yeah. Yeah. We loved Kitchen Disco. But Shaking San Francisco. Your pips. <laughs> <laughs> you shake your pips. <laughs> San Francisco is a, a book that's going to feature in one of our virtual author events oh, in November. So people check that out because Sarah's going to be busting some moves with some Key Stage One children. Yeah. yeah. It'd be good if your classroom can uh, join in. Yeah. Yeah. We got. Got a busy week planned, Jane? Well, yeah, I was just, you know, that book made me think. Um, yeah, I'm going, well, it did 
before I tell you what I am going to do, it made me think <laughs> head to toe in glitter. I was uh, at Enfield at a conference last week and um, there was a lot of people there and there was somebody supporting me a bit like CBBS. I had a, had a signer on the side. Oh, I know, that was so amazing. And we were talking about glittery similes and do you know what? Teaching adults is harder than kids. And um, I was getting them to do some examples. So there was like fireworks, stardust, jewellery, diamonds. And uh, somebody shouted out, um, a vajazzle. And uh, <gasps> I had to, the sign had just stopped dead. And uh, well, it's an upside down triangle. And then a really elaborate twinkle. Um, so yeah. It was just great seeing all these things getting signed. Um, yeah, that was a great uh, conference. <laughs> Signing. There's actually, it. there's a sign though. There's a sign for it. There like is a it. sign for it. Yeah, I'm going to uh, Grimsby. And when Grimsby, I uh, work with people in Grimsby, what they don't know is that I actually went there last week. <laughs> <laughs> Went to the wrong blinking school, but yeah, that's okay. That's all right, Jane. You were in the right county, just the wrong yeah, school. God, yeah. What are you doing this week, Heather? Well, we had our, we've had our half term, so we're back at it. Yeah, um, it's November already. I can't Shh, quite no, believe that. It isn't. So um, it's come kind of behind the scenes stuff. Not nothing exciting this week. A bit of the cogs and kind of keeping things turn and getting things ready for our November teacher subscription boxes. Nice. And I've got some lovely November virtual author events. So some serious hard work. Yeah. But it's all right. I've got me um, busy hours. <laughs> So I busy hours to get me through. Somebody asked me the other week how you signed up to your subscription boxes, and I just said, you know, go to the Reading Rots website. Was that the right thing to say? To know that is exactly the right <laughs> things to say. I tell you what, Jane, I'll put it in the show notes. But it is simple as that. You sign up, and then every other month we send you out a beautiful box. And you know, if times are tough and you realise that you're highlighting on your bank statement um that we were, were once too far you can just pause it um you know and that's okay and come back to us when you've figured out that we're top of the values list and, you are uh, and you, Every, we always you need, need us in your life yeah we definitely need you <laughs> in your life i think the thing is the service where you're you just work so hard to curate the best books out there heather do you know what i mean you're definitely a need not a want uh, well, I have to say, it's been an absolute delight to see the buzz um, for the final year, which you read a few weeks ago on The Wonder of Words. Of course. Um, Matt Goodfellow and uh, Joe Todd Stanton's book. Um, and I was, you know, you feel like you've had a little win because you, I chose that for, yeah, for the bot. Yeah, of course. And it's been an utter an utter win in the teaching community. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's nice when that happens. Yeah. Oh, well... Heather, enjoy your week uh, and it's uh, Heartburst. From Jane and Big Love. From Heather. See you next time. See you again. Bye.